0: Tonight on Geek Wave, Sonic gets a sequel, Ryan Gosling joins the Wolfman, DC Comics feuds with Diamond Distributors, and your host Taryn Barker talks about the best host of late night television. Now let's adjourn to this episode of Geek Wave. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Geek Wave and in this episode we are talking about the best of late night television. Who's the best host? Who's the worst host? Let's go through the history, let's talk about it. let's have fun and enjoy ourselves in that regard. As always, I'm Taryn Barker, I'm your host and we got a couple news pieces to jump into first but before we do that, let's just remember this is a low budget show, this is the show that's so low it has no budget. And we got a couple pieces of news we are going to talk about with you right now. First of those being Sonic the Hedgehog It's getting a sequel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sonic the Hedgehog, the critically acclaimed, highest grossing film of 2020, is getting a film that is a sequel. And wow, what? I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? I think my main question is going into this. What are we going to get for terms of side characters? Are we going to see Tails? which is pretty much a given because he was in the post credit scene. Are we going to be seeing Knuckles? Are we going to be seeing Amy or Shadow or any of those people? And is Dr. Robotnik going to return? Will Jim Carrey reprise his role as Dr. Robotnik? I can almost guarantee a yes. It seems very likely. He seems like he's having fun making this movie, so I could definitely expect to see him returning. We'll just have to wait and see how that pans out because that could be really fun, and I'm excited to see what becomes of that. And is this going to set up a Mario movie? I mean, the jury's still out, but it seems pretty likely we might be hinting at a Mario movie at some point. I still think animated's the best way to go for that. But whatever, we'll see where that goes. This makes a lot of sense. I am 100% invested in this. I think it could work really well. Is James Marsden going to return? Probably. They're probably going to do the on-Earth stuff, and here's Tails, and maybe we have to go back to the land that Sonic is from? Why not make the first movie there in the first place? That's all I'm going to say on that. But that's just fun. It could be a really enjoyable movie, and we'll have to see what happens there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just some guy. And our second piece of news today is Ryan Gosling will be playing the Wolfman for a Universal movie. What an interesting choice this is. I like it, but how horror is it going to go? Like, I love Ryan Gosling. I think he's a fantastic actor. He's definitely able to do certain roles that a lot of other actors couldn't. But how dark and gritty are we going to be going with this? Because this guy holds his own in this gritty, intense horror movie. I'm not sure. Is it going to be stylized and polished? It looks a little more clean. It's not going to be R-rated. Is it going to be a PG-13? I really hope not, because I don't know if Gosling can act that grotesque and dark. How are we going to portray the Wolfman is pretty much what I'm going into this thinking. And I hope it's kind of like the Invisible Man, where the Wolfman's the villain, because that's what I'm liking a scene from this. We are definitely going to be doing a geek wave on the Universal Monsters and where I want to see them in the future, connected to Blumhouse. All I'm saying is, if we get this movie and Elizabeth Moss doesn't appear, there's a missed opportunity, so right? Like, do you guys think that? I think, honestly, if they are to make a Wolfman movie, it should connect to the Invisible Man, and we should start to build this universe in a way that works. Gosling's a very interesting choice, like I said, and he's one of those guys that can lead a franchise, and he just really hasn't been given the chance to lead a franchise, so I think this is a great idea, and I'm excited to see what comes of this. And now for our last piece of news, like I said, this is kind of a shorter news week than most of them. DC Comics ditches Diamond Distribution. They are no longer going to be publishing DC Comics or selling them. And I think that starts after the solicitations of June. So sometime in June is when it's going to stop. They're going with Luna or Lunar and they are doing a new distribution house through Midtown Comics. It's going to, I think this is a great idea. It feels like a long time coming. And let's be real, not a lot of people like Diamond. Anybody in the industry can tell you their problem with Diamond for anything, really, because it just seems like one of those companies not a lot of people like. And I get that, and I understand that. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there, if any other companies are going to follow in the same footsteps as DC. I've said it before, I think DC has kind of handled this whole COVID situation better than most companies, in terms of comic books, they were upfront in the initiative to do certain things, they said, we're going to be doing digital exclusives first, we are going to be, you know, we are going to be publishing other books through different uh, distribution houses, and they've been really smart about it, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a long time coming, and it makes me wonder if Marvel will do the same, if Image will do the same, or anybody, I think IDW said they might be doing something different, I can't remember off the top of my head what that was though, but I mean, why aren't these companies just self-publishing? You're saving the middleman, getting them out of there, and it would work just fine. But of course, Diamond has the monopoly on this, and Marvel is a coward and is too afraid to do anything new or interesting about it. They are pretty laid back in a lot of things, but when it comes to doing something inventive, they don't do it. So props to DC. This is a great idea. Came out at a bad time and I feel kind of bad for it. Then again, I do not own a comic book store. I'm not a shop owner. I don't know how this is going to affect the sales. Tuesday release doesn't affect me too much. It's just kind of hard to remember. I have to get my books on a Tuesday. So it's kind of interesting. I'm excited to see what will come with this and what might not come with this. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. That's all the news we have. So we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we are going to be jumping into the late night hosts of Late Night. (laughs) So this topic was one I was very excited to talk about. It's because I am a fan of television. I'm a fan of the history of television. On that same note, too, I'm a fan of the history of comedy. And that's what kind of what late night means to me. It's literally a signature for both of those. It's a signature staple of television. Same with something like Saturday Night Live with Crime Scene Investigation, CSI, or The Match Game. You need to have a late night show on, whatever network that is. There should always be a late night show on there. And it's a staple of comedy because you see a lot of just comedians talking about some of these guys in these high regards. And I'm 100% one of those people, too. Like, I love these guys. I respect them. There's some I like more than others. Some I don't like all at all. But that's just how it goes. You can't like all of them. So we're going to be talking about late night, what I think of some guys, what I like about some guys. And I will, I mean, it's kind of sad to say most of these guys are Caucasian men. I think all of them on my list pretty much are. I I kind of referenced Trevor Noah and Lily Singh here, but they are not on my list. They are not the best hosts, which is kind of sad to say, but they're just not. And I'd love to see what the future holds for late night television, what I'd like to see. I have said it before. I think it'd be a fun job to have. I'd love to be a guy who does late night hosts. I want to bring it back to like a classic era, and we'll get to it in a bit here, some of those classic guys that I love. But there's some things about modern late night that I don't like. First of all, the games. First of all, the social media influence. That kind of stuff bothers me. I don't think that's what this should be about. So when it, you see stuff like that, it doesn't appeal to me and I don't enjoy it. And there's a guy in particular I don't like who does all these things. But I would love it. I love the idea. And this is kind of what late night means to me. This idea of it's not about the host. It's about listening to the voices and opinions and the craft of all these people that come on the show, an actor, an actress, a musician, another comedian, all these people, an author, a writer of anything, you know, just an entertainer of any sorts. They all come onto the show to represent their craft and talk about what they love and what they do. I think that is the staple of what it should be, and that's what makes it fun. And I'd love to be a part of that. Like, I am a very anti-social guy. I'm not a very fun person who likes just going out there and just talk about, talking about myself. But, hey, you put me on a screen, on a table... I can talk to you about everyone else in the room. I could say interesting questions. I could do it in a fun way. I have certain events that I think would be fun to do. I love late night. So let's get into this and talk about some of these guys. So here's how we're doing it. We're doing this by the broadcasting company. We're going to be starting with NBC, then CBS, then ABC. Anybody else in between that might come up. And if there's one person who comes up more than once, like if they go from one show to another show... I'm going to do where they're most currently at or where they were kind of important to me when I put them on this list. I did a little bit of research for this, more than I have done actually for any other Geek Wave. I did research for this, so I think it's really exciting. I cannot wait to talk about this. So, let's jump into NBC. And we'll start with the two guys that I am not super familiar with. They are way before my time, and that's not a criticism, I just wanted to put them on here because they are very important to the future and to the history of what late night television is and what they do. The first guy is Steve Allen. He was on NBC from 1954 to 1957. He is important. He kind of started this off for NBC. Then you get to Jack Parr, who is another guy I do not know very well. He did it from 1957 to 1962. That's pretty much all we're going to talk about these guys because. I do not know them super well, and I know that kind of sucks to say that I'm not a I'm not. I mean, I go back a lot with a lot of just kind of watching clips from late night, but I never really went back to these two guys, which kind of sucks to say. But that's just what I did. I didn't really feel the need to talk about them that much more because they aren't they're remembered. I think Jack Parr is remembered a lot more than Steve Allen. That's just what I got from that. So I don't know. But it's the next guy I think where the tables start to turn, and this becomes an art form. And that is, from 1962 to 1992, a man who dominated television, who was, I know him from, because he was on an episode of Cheers, that's kind of where I know him, but it's Johnny Carson. I think if I'm looking at every single one of these guys, everybody who did Late Night, everybody who wanted to do Late Night, they all come back to Carson. Every modern guy, I think, knows who Carson is. He has this certain element in gravitas to him that not a lot of people have. And I think he was just, he was really relaxed and easygoing when he was on stage, right? He just told his jokes. He was kind of chill. He went back and he let the presenter or the entertainer talk about what they want. And he'd always just throw in his funny quip. That is what it needs to be. And that is what he did. Johnny Carson is the guy that turned this from being just oh, here's somebody doing something, but he's like, all right, so let's talk about this. Let's have fun. Let's talk is like, we're friends. You know, we'll have a cigarette. We'll just enjoy each other's company. I'll throw in a quip here and there. I'll kind of reel you in if you're getting out of line. A lot of his stuff with Don Rickles, I think, is really funny. That's some of my favorite stuff from there. Him on Sinatra and Wrinkles on that episode of Carson, I think, is really good. You can find it all over YouTube. It's really funny. But he is just the kind of the grandfather, the guy that ushered in this new era of what this was going to be. And I love seeing him on screen. He is referenced a lot. You see a lot of comedians still reference him. He's, you know, he's just one of those guys who has kind of become timeless. And I have nothing but respect for the guy. I think he is a staple of television. He definitely became the staple during his tenure. Well, I say tenure. He's in there forever. But during his tenure on television, he was the guy everybody went to and liked. I think more so than anybody now. Well, maybe not Letterman, and we'll get to Letterman in a bit here, but I just think he was just the guy that defined late-night television, the talk show formula, and he became that face. He was what made this cool, and he was great. Let's let's get into this. So, Carson retires in 1992. Who is going to take over his show? Who is going to do it? Everyone's got their ideas and their theories. Oh, it's going to be Letterman. It's going to be Letterman. Letterman has to take over the show. He's the perfect choice to take over. Carson loves him. He's ushering it in. There's a great video on YouTube. I'm definitely going to... It's definitely going to be in our recommended, I think. you got to watch it. It's called Late Night Wars. It's kind of everything that happened in that era with Leno and Letterman and Conan. And sadly, and I say sadly, the job of Late Night Host didn't go to Letterman on NBC. It went to Jay Leno. And I have... I'm, I have a lot of opinions on Jay Leno as a guy. He definitely loves his cars. He definitely loves a lot of stuff. He's not funny. I care very little for Jay Leno. His, his whole demeanor is very arrogant and suave, but it doesn't come across as sincere. It comes across as like he's a prick. I definitely believe he stole the job from Letterman and And then, you know, he did it for what? He did it from 1992 to 2009. He's like, I'm done. I'm going to retire this. But, okay, I don't want to spoil the whole, like, you know, Late Night Wars video. But he screwed over Conan. He gave Conan the job from him and then took it back a year later. What a dick. It wasn't even a full year, was it? I don't think it was a full year. What a dick. I really have no respect for Jay Leno. I know he did that intentionally. You hear stories about this guy and things he's done. He's a schmarmy little guy who needs to get his way, and he's not funny or entertaining, and I don't like him at all. His staple, I think was just that he managed to become funny as opposed to what Letterman did. Letterman was the Johnny Carson guy, but then Jay Leno was the guy who you chose to usher in this new era of what Late Night was going to be. He became the face in this entertainment industry of Late Night. He was exactly what they needed to do, the more comedic side and less about the entertainer from Letterman. And that's just what I feel. If you guys like Jay Leno, I am 100% okay with that. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion. I, for one, cannot stand Jay Leno. And that's all we're going to be talking to him about until we get to some other guys. But, no, you know what? Let's just get into it. Let's just talk about from 2009 to 2010, Conan O'Brien hosted The Late Show on NBC. I have nothing but respect and admiration for everything Conan O'Brien did. He is the guy, I think who is kind of the spiritual successor, like Letterman is, to Johnny Carson. He is well-educated, he is well-versed, he is a class act, he knows how to talk to people in this modern era while having the timeless feel of a guy like Carson. He was treated so shitty, over at NBC, they screwed him over so much, he hardly hosted the job, I mean, he had some other show before that, but you know, it it is what it is, you can't blame the guy for that, but TBS has definitely become a staple for him, it's become his home, it's where he fits in the best, I love him. He knows how to talk to his guests. He knows how to have fun skits in a way that that doesn't come across as pandering or needy or desperate or boring for views. He is just so calm and collected. The guy wrote on The Simpsons, for crying out loud. He is so smart. And he's worked with Funko. He has a line of Funko Pops. How can you not respect a guy that has his own line of Funko Pops? He's a pop culture guy that is going to be a staple of pop culture. He's proven that time and time again. If I had to pick one guy to represent the modern era of just late-night hosts, it's him and another guy that we're going to get to in a bit as like my favorites. But Conan is everything he should be. He is everything that a late-night host should be. He's smart. He's educated. He is funny. He is timeless. He is like also timely in the way he references stuff. He's a great sidekick. Andy Richter, love you, man. There's a lot of good stuff in here. I have, I mean, just talking about Conan. You just understand this guy is a genius. He is somebody you love. He's got a very Carson vibe for the modern age, and he's just the perfect guy. Jay Leno screwed him over, NBC screwed him over, they did not give him, he did not get what he deserved, he deserved it more, and going to TBS, while it kind of sucks for him, it's the best move he ever made because it gave him the opportunity to just do his own thing and experiment and create a brand that became its own thing, look at what the guys created, it's brilliant, he is brilliant, nothing but respect for him, good job man, like you, you've earned it, you've earned your place man. So, then after 2010, guess who comes back to the late night chair? It is Jay Leno, and then he quits again in 2014. And then his spot is taken over by the safest, most unfunny or creative person in all of late night, and that is Jimmy Fallon. I, oh my god, this I don't know if this is going to burn me bridges later. I despise Jimmy Fallon's comedy. I despise his late night show. I despise everything he does. He's very bland and unfunny his skits are less about the guests and more about being viral and popular. He is more about the YouTube, Instagram, like TikTok era of doing stuff than he is about, here's my fun guest, I'm going to make them do funny voices while we sing songs or, hey, we're going to play two truths and one lie or something stupid. How as a respectful entertainer would you want to go on that show? Why would you? If you had the choice to go on any show, why would you go on the one where the jokes are going to be boring, he's going to overly laugh at everything you say, and you're going to force yourself to play some stupid game you don't want to play? It's the same reason I don't like Ellen. Ellen is very much a Jimmy Fallon. We're going to do the modern trend. We're going to do stupid games, and we're not going to have fun if our guests. We're going to make them annoyed. Some guests like that. If I was a guest on that show, I'd be pissed off because if I'm there to promote something I worked so hard on, if I'm a writer and I'm like, I just published this new book. It's selling really well. I want to talk about the duality of the character, all these emotional things. You're not getting that from Jimmy Fallon. You're going to get that from Conan and you're going to have more fun on Conan and you're going to get that from Carson, but you're not getting that on Fallon. You're going to be getting simple stuff. He's going to turn it into a joke, talk about a stupid story you don't want to talk about and you're not going to have fun. I do not like Jimmy Fallon. Everything he represents is why I think he's destroying late night. And he's definitely like lowered the bar for what qualifies as good late night television and a good late night host. So yeah, I I don't like him. Jimmy Fallon, I do not like him. (laughs) And at the same time that Fallon takes over, Seth Meyers got a show. You guys know, I I completely forgot until I did my research that Seth Meyers got a show. That's all we're going to say about that, because he's so unforgettable. I'm just kidding. He's very forgettable. I mean, I forgot he had a show, for crying out loud. Yeah, Seth Meyers, who knew he had a show? And it's still going on. It's still going on. So let's talk about CBS now. We are moving over to CBS, the Central Broadcasting Service. I don't know what it's called. So... 1992 comes around Letterman is prime and ready for the role of taking over late night from Carson and he should take over from Carson he should have been the guy to get the job from Johnny Carson but Jay Leno squirmed his way in there and took it from him being a dick and going above Carson pretty much so what does David Letterman do he's like you know what I had a great show. People liked seeing me. I have an audience that is cultivating and likes me. I'm going to go to CBS and I'm going to make my own late night show. So that's what he does. He goes to CBS. They gave him a show from 1993 to 2015. What a career this guy's had. He is the spiritual successor to Johnny Carson. He has the same calm and relaxing demeanor. while well, understanding the importance of comedy to a talk show. The guy comes from a comedy background. He understands the talk show formula, what it should be, what it has become. And how to change from that. And I think it's very important that we talk about that. Because this guy... This guy gave us Norm MacDonald, pretty much. Like, this guy has given us some of the best comedians in the game. And has brought them up in this beautiful way. I I absolutely have respect for David Letterman. Well, there's some things we learn about him that he didn't pay some of his female writers. Equal pay and that kind of stuff. That bothers me. But then again, Letterman was never my favorite guy. I mean... He's definitely better than Jay Leno. <laughs> but I just, I have respect for Letterman, but I don't really care for his stuff. I mean, it's not my favorite. I do enjoy it. But if I'm thinking about these guys that I like, I like Carson, I like Conan, I'm not really liking everything Letterman did. But he's an important part of television because I think for the longest time, People were like, oh, it's Carson, and then the guy that took over there, it was Letterman. Letterman became that new face of late night. People loved him and respected him so much. He got a show on Netflix where he did the same thing he did after he quit, but now he was allowed to have a beard. The guy was important to late night, and we can't let that go unnoticed. He mattered to late night, and he deserves more credit than he was given. He should have gotten the job from Carson, but instead they screwed him over and gave it to Leno. Leno is just screwing over everybody. Now, let me check my phone. nothing important there. So let's go on. So Letterman quits and a couple other guys get the job there. You got Tom Snyder and Craig Kilborn. We're not going to be talking about them for a long time because ultimately, do they really matter? They're like the Seth Meyers. They're there. They were there, but we don't really talk about them anymore. Like we're, we're not focusing on them or what they did. But then, then 2005 comes around. And in 2005, we are introduced to the Scottish wonder, the Scottish brilliance, just the comedic brilliance that is Craig Ferguson. From 2005 to 2014, we get, in my opinion, the best host of late-night television. He is so calm and relaxed like a Carson He is as smart as somebody like Conan. He is brilliant. The guy was so nonchalant about everything he did. Every time a guest came on, he ripped up the cue cards and he just talked about what he wanted. Whether that was on script or off script, every time a guest came on Ferguson's show, they were relaxed and calm. This is the guy I think I've studied more than any of them, just in terms of how he does things. He is relaxed, he is cool, but he's also got the quirky stuff. He had the snake cup, he had Secretariat and Jeff Peterson. He had those amazing side characters and those amazing things he'd bring up. He'd play the stupid games of his guests, but they'd always be fun, whether it's the harmonica bit. Like, everything he did was so calm and relaxed, and you could tell the guests were enjoying it. Because they they would come on the show, and everything they did would be calm and easy easy. They're just talking with an old friend. It's very Johnny Carson in that way. It's like a bunch of guys coming up and just having fun and talking to their friend. They're catching up on old times. They're enjoying themselves. Kristen Bell has a lot of great stuff on there. Mila Kunis has a bunch of great stuff on there. The game where he's with Jeff Goldblum and they're picking fruit from a basket, figuring out what fruit it is. It's brilliant. You guys should go on to the Jay Leno fly on YouTube because it's a running gag in the show. All of the Craig Ferguson bits are uploaded on there. Whether it's Craig, we don't know. But I think it's great stuff. The guy is brilliant. And to me, he is what a late night host should be. He can go off script and have fun with the guest. He can make them feel calm and relaxed. He's not pushing some stupid game or interesting thing. He's just asking if they want to play the game. And often they do because they feel safe with this guy. It doesn't feel like they have to promote or talk about what they want because it just naturally comes up that they're promoting something and it is brilliant and fun, and I have felt his absence on TV, which is weird to say, because I didn't watch a lot of him when he was live, I watched the, like, the later couple, I think 2010 to 2014 is what I really watched, but you feel his absence, the guy had this energy with him that was unparalleled and deserved more credit than it was given, the guy was brilliant and easy, and you look at some of the guys on there now, they're not craig ferguson they need to be like craig ferguson but they're not and it sucks to say because this guy was so relaxing and calm everyone loved him i love craig ferguson i have nothing but respect for this guy he's like conan in those eyes to me this guy knows what late night should have been and he's a genius because of it craig ferguson is the best host of late night we're going to talk about some more guys here but none of them compare to craig ferguson So we take a hop across the pond once more for the replacement for Craig Ferguson. I mean, the guy was asked to do more, but he's like, nah, I'm good. I respect the hell out of that. I think that's really good. And then we get, oh man, we get this piece of shit who's so smug and annoying. We get James Corden, who is still on the air. I hate him. He's like Jimmy Fallon to me. He's not funny. His jokes are annoying, and he's always trying to be the smartest guy in the room. He's always interrupting his guest, Carp cartpool karaoke sucks like it's not a fun idea the only time it was fun was when it was Richard Madden and Taron Egerton that's the only time it was fun I hate this guy I do not like James Corden again I don't think he's entertaining or fun and anybody you know can tell you he sucks like I do not enjoy his presence on TV I find it to be very annoying that's all we are going to talk about with James Corden he is not worth any more of our time you are not Craig Ferguson sir and you never will be then we got another show coming out in 2015 that's still on the air, and it's Stephen Colbert. I like Stephen Colbert. I think he's very entertaining, very engaging. He knows how to do the political stuff. At times, I think his work is very jarring and very just in-your-face about it, which I have, there's no problem with that. You can do that and do it well. That works really good for a lot of people. And it works for him well. His style, it's not my favorite style on television. He's very much in the same route as like a John Oliver or a John Stewart, where we're going to be loud and obnoxious, and we're just not going to be as entertaining as some of these other guys. Like, I like Stephen Colbert on Harvey Birdman. That's where I like him the most, (laughs) which is kind of dumb to say, but it's true. That's where I like him the most but I respect him. He's definitely made his way in this industry. He's done something really fun and interesting. So if you like him, like him. He's a good guy. I mean, he's done really well for himself, and I respect the hell out of that. So let's leave the CBS landscape for a minute, and we're going to jump into ABC, which has one guy, and he's the last guy we're going to spend a little bit of time on here. That is from 2003 up until present day. This guy's got a long run so far. It's pretty impressive. Jimmy Kimmel, and I am very mixed on Jimmy Kimmel, I think he understands the craft and has done some amazing things with his work, like, he is, he's a guy from comedy background too, he understands what comedy is and knows what it should be, he knows how to let some of his guests have fun, his skits are a little more entertaining than some of the other people, his stuff with Matt Damon, I think, is what really pushed it to being someone I like, Looking at the Jimmys, obviously, you know, he's better than Fallon. And I I enjoy his stuff. He's just, he's as safe as Fallon, but somehow he's more real and honest. He's allowed himself to be vulnerable. He's talked openly about a lot of passionate stuff he cares about. And he's cried on screen, which is very impressive. I I like the guy a lot. And he's a very entertaining creator. Like, he understands what this should be. Again, he's like Craig Ferguson in that regard. He is like letterman in that regard and he's like carson in that regard he knows what this needs to be and he does it well but he's also as safe and creative as somebody like gordon or fallon like he has that energy around him and i think a lot of that has to do with being a part of abc and being able to do opportunities with disney and marvel and star wars he's had a lot of those guys on his show to do certain events and promotions and i think that's very impressive like he's done a lot of that stuff with himself he's done mean tweets which is kind of funny i mean it's kind of dumb at the same time but it is what it is like it honestly works for the most part and it's it's not bad like i I, again i have nothing but respect for this guy i do like him i think he's very interesting Sometimes his stuff doesn't work for me because he is again he's very Jimmy Fallon, but in a way more mature and fun way, he is the safest bet you can have to a Carson today, like even Craig Ferguson and Letterman they are very close to Carson in their regards, but they were a little more controversial they they not that they talked about stuff that was controversial they just their attitudes was a little bit more. Not family friendly. They were willing to say certain things, but Kimmel is very just like, yeah, I, I know John Krasinski. Yeah, let's talk to the cast of the Avengers. That's fun. I love these things. We're going to get so many views online because of it. Let's read Twitter quotes on our show. And it works. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I respect him so much more than those other guys. I really do. So he's not bad. So let's just go over this really quickly, okay? We're going to talk about a couple of things. Other people who kind of do late night, then we're just going to go thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, okay? Then we'll give my final thoughts and we'll end with the recommendations. It's going to be a shorter video. So, we got Graham Norton, a guy who I love. He is so funny. Thumbs up to Graham Norton. He's doing some great stuff there over the pond. I love it to death. John Oliver, another guy that gets a thumbs up. He has earned his place in this industry, being someone entertaining and engaging Congrats to you, my friend. Congrats to you. You've earned your place here. And Trevor Noah, I said it at the beginning of the show. I I don't know. I mean, he's not the best, and his stuff doesn't come from a place of warmth. I think he's got a James Corden energy to him, which is okay. And Lily Singh, I gotta give her a thumbs down. I don't, I'm sorry if you guys like that show, but they they've treated her really badly. I don't even know what network she's on. I didn't look, but she's been treated so poorly. That it's appalling to me, actually, what they did to her because they stuck her at such a bad hour. She gets no good guests. If you're going to push this person, this online persona of a woman, of just, what is it? Is she bisexual? I can't remember. But if you're going to push that, put her in a good spot. Don't treat her like shit. And if you did that, maybe she'd get better at this. This is what she's always wanted to do. She deserves more than what you've given her. And arguably the best host of all time, Space Ghost. Space Ghost, coast to coast. Watch it. So let me give you my final thoughts on this. If you guys want to go see who the best hosts of Late Night are, you start with Carson, then you go to Letterman, then you go to Conan, and then you go to Ferguson, and everybody else is either skippable or passable, and they have some okay moments. But those are the guys that define Late Night and are worth your time. So check them out. They are well worth the fun and well worth getting involved with. Trust me on that, they are cool dudes. So, let's jump into our recommendations for this episode of The Geek Wave. Starting off, we are going to be talking about Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Like I said earlier, definitely worth your watch. It's very fun. If you love those old school cartoons, you're going to love it. And then check out Wolfman, starring Benicio Del Toro. I think it came out in 2010. It might be worth checking out if you guys want to see what a modern day Wolfman movie could look like could be fun. And then just a couple of things you guys should watch on YouTube. Like I said earlier, Late Night Wars. Check that out because it is a very interesting watch and it's very slandering towards Jay Leno. And I still don't like him. I think he sucks. And then just check out the Jay Leno Fly. It's going to give you everything you need to know on Craig Ferguson. And you're going to have nothing but respect for Craig and his approach to Late Night. What a guy. What an absolute amazing dude he is. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Geek Wave. I want to thank you guys so much for watching. As always, you can check me out on Patreon, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can email me topics you'd like to see me cover or any news pieces you think are interesting or worth talking about. And I'll catch you guys in the next video. Thank you so much for watching. Stay tuned for more coming to Tsunami Studios. Keep it real, guys. Keep it real. Tsunami Studios.